Hi everybody, uh, this is Matthew Catalin, CEO of Increase Media, and I have a really, really special guest today, someone that's a best-selling international author, holds events for personal development and reaching your full potential internationally all over the, all over the globe, and it's something that I really admire myself, and um, has been featured in the film The Secret, which most of people probably know. It's one of the most well-known movies in the self-help space. And he's going to be featured in a docudrama that's going to be made after the book, which we have right here, a copy of the original, original book of Think and Grow Rich, uh, after the book of Think and Grow Rich. So that's going to be extraordinary. Uh, Bob Proctor, thank you so much for having the time. My pleasure, Matthew. So one of the things I, I was wondering about, and I think this is something that maybe some people know, most people know your story and how you started out, but where did this all came from? You started from making $40,000 a year, being 25. Not 40, four. 40, $4,000 4, a year, yeah. so that's a lot less. Um, and what, what happened? So you were, you were doing that, right? You were, you were doing your thing. What, what shifted in your mind? What, oh, well, what changed? a lot of things. Um, I think I was just waking up in the morning and going through the day and going to bed at night. But I think that's what most people do. And I hadn't gone to school. I only had two months high school. Um, I never had a good job. But I couldn't hold a job. I wasn't a good employee. I would just do enough so I wouldn't get fired. But I got fired a lot. And I met a man, and Ray Stanford in Toronto. And I'm from Toronto. And he got talking to me. He said, why don't you change the way you're living? Well, you know, it never entered my mind that I could or that I should. I didn't give any thought to it. And in looking back, I don't think most people do. You know, people that are watching your material or that are familiar with me or my seminars, they're thinking of what they're going to do with their life. But they're in the minority. Ninety-some percent of the population are lost, and I was. I never, um, I had never done anything of any consequence. I was earning $4,000 a year. I owed $6,000. So, I mean, if I had taken all the money I earned for 18 months and paid debt, I would have just broken even. I was not happy. Um, and he said, why don't you change your results? Well, like I said, I never, it never entered my mind that I could. And then he asked me, do you, do you read anything? And I said, no, I can't read. <laughs> now, I could read. I didn't. Um, I think I read about as well as most people. The average person reads at about a grade seven level. And that's because you'll learn to be by the time you're in grade seven, and then you never improve upon it. And uh, he gave me this book. And this is the book that's in Think, that Sean used in Think. And the book has fallen apart. I mean, I've been, I've been reading this every day for over 55 years. It was 55 years a couple of weeks ago. And everything in my life started to change. Like he said in here, you've got to decide what you want. Well, I never, that never entered my mind, you know. Um, 
I would wake up and I, I just wanted to get the debts off my back. I wanted to get through the day. To think that you could sit down and take a pen and write out what you want and then get it, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I mean, I just didn't. That never entered my mind. But that's what he got me to do. And he talked to me for a while. Well, it ended up, I said I wanted $25,000. I mean, that would be like maybe you saying right now you want a billion dollars. I mean, it was so far out of my reach that I didn't even know anyone with $25,000. And I didn't believe it. But he said, if you do exactly what I tell you, you can have anything you want. Well, I not only didn't believe it, there was no way I could believe it. But the way he spoke to me, he had such conviction. I knew he believed it. At least I believed he believed it. And then he said to me, why don't you do what I'm telling you? He said, your way's not working, mine is. He was happy, healthy, wealthy. And I couldn't even figure out why he was talking to me. And something inside me said, why don't you do what he says? So I thought, I'll try it. He said, give it a try. You've got nothing to lose. And so I said, okay. And that's really where it all started. And he gave me this book. And he said, read this every day. He got me to commit that I'd read it every day. Well, I, that's a thick book, you know, for a guy that doesn't read. I'd never read a book in my life. I was 26. And... Uh, you just trusted him. I started to read it. And he said, do exactly what I'm telling you and do what the book tells you. Well, my whole life changed. Just like that. How long did it take? Mm, not long. Um, what happened was, I carry a gold card. I always have one. And I keep it in a plastic sleeve. And when I touch that, see, when you write your goal, you create a picture in your mind. It's like painting a picture in words. And that picture is impregnated into cells in your brain. Well, when you touch something, your sensory factor touches affected. It sends a light message through your central nervous system and activates those cells in your brain. So the picture of your goal flashes on the screen of your mind. Well, I didn't know any of this at the time, but he had me write it on a card. So I wrote the goal that I wanted on a card, and I put it in my pocket. And what happened was, I kept reading it. I, got it. I started to treat it as a joke. But I started to think of earning money. Now you'd think, well, weren't you thinking of that before? No, I wasn't. I would get paid whatever they give me, and um, I was always in debt. So I was thinking debt. Now, I'll tell you one thing I've learned. If your goal is to get out of debt, you'll probably stay in debt forever because that's what you're thinking about. And I quit thinking of debt and I started to think of earning money. And I heard a guy say, 
there's good money cleaning floors. So I'm not proud of clean floors. And I started, I remember I had to borrow $980. And that was not an easy thing for me to do. I mean, I wouldn't have lent me money. Nobody wanted to lend me money. But I needed that much to buy a used floor machine and some buckets and mops. And he said something, he says, don't clean floors for somebody else, do them for yourself. So I was doing what they told me. And, and that's what I started to do. I got one office to clean, then I got another one, then another one. Then you went from there? The first year I earned 175000 In under five years, I was over a million. And I was cleaning offices in Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, and London, England. I would just go and open offices and hire people to clean floors. All started from a joke, mm -hmm. presumed joke. It was, yeah. It's like, I think it's fascinating that even though you don't believe something in that moment, even if you tell yourself a lie so many times, you will stop believing it. Well, there's no question and about that. If you tell yourself a lie often enough, you're going to start to believe it. And way around 1900, William James said, believe and your belief will create the fact. It's got to be believed. You've got to believe it. And if there's no belief, it ain't going to happen. See, when you believe it, you're encased in the idea. You fuse with the idea. And that makes all kinds of things happen. In, um, in the movie Think, which you're going to be featured in, and uh, which is made by the laws and the principle yeah. in this book, yeah. Um, there's something that really touched m my soul, which is the um, three feet from gold story, mm -hmm. uh, which I think a lot of people resonate with because so many people, I think everybody has goals, everybody has aspirations, everybody wants this and that and that, but so many people just don't get them immediately and quit. So how do you feel about that? Like, what level of belief do you need to have? You need to, like, never give up. What, well, what do you... I think it, it, it goes beyond belief. I think you have to know it. You see, when you believe it, there's no quitting. You never quit. It doesn't matter what happens. You don't quit. Quitting is never an option. I... The people that quit, they never really bought into the idea in the first place. See, you've got to, you, you get it on three levels. The second you think of something, you've got it intellectually. When you get emotionally involved, you've got it on a spiritual or emotional level. Well, then that expresses itself through the body. Body's just an instrument of your mind. And so, when you're really buying into it, you literally fuse with it. Neville said you fuse with it. And this causes all kinds of things to happen. You're dealing with electronics. You're dealing with energy. Like the second you think something, that's all you need. See, you live on frequencies. You think on frequencies. Your phone operates on frequencies. And it's like magic. Um, you're, you're in Romania, are you? Right. I'm in Toronto. Yes. If I've got your number on my phone, I could take a picture of something, hit it like that. You've got it in Romania. Simultaneous with me sending it, because when you get into the mind, there isn't any time or space. It's just immediate. Yeah. Well, the, you're living on frequencies. Now, when you think of something, what you've done is you've flipped your brain onto a higher frequency. 
The very fact you can see it is all the proof you need to know you could get it. What you have to do is raise your love, love consciousness to that frequency. And then you will attract whatever's on that frequency, all the good you need to manifest the idea. Carnegie said that way back in 1908 to Hill, when, when Carnegie commissioned him to write this book. He said, any idea that's held in the mind, that's emphasized, that's either feared or revered, so it could be better, good, that's either feared or revered, will begin at once to clothe itself in the most convenient and appropriate form available. It starts to move into form. Um, Warner von Braun, that Dr. Warner von Braun, that was the mastermind of the moonshot, he told John Kennedy when he was president, he said, the natural laws of the universe are so precise that we don't have any difficulty sending people to the moon and we can time the landing with a precision of a fraction of a second. Well, one of the first laws is the perpetual transmutation of energy. Energy is forever moving into form, through form and back into form. Now, what makes you and I unique is we can dictate the form it's going to move into because we're creative beings. Like all the little creatures on the planet are completely at home in their environment. They blend in. You and I are the only people or the only creatures on the planet, the human, that is totally disoriented in their environment. And that's because we've been given the mental faculties to create our own environment. I have read somewhere that once you think about something, you visualize it, you create it once and then it's your job to create it in the real world. That's right. Everything's created twice. So you first create it yeah. in your mind, it's already created. Then you have to actually take it from that world mm -hmm. in the material world. That's like, it took Hill from 1908 to 1937 to come up with this. 29 years. That's a long time. It is a long time. And he worked at it every day and Carnegie didn't, didn't subsidize him, didn't give him any money. But what he gave him, he gave him connections. The most powerful people on the planet at that yeah. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you obviously did all this. You, you mastered the power of this, and at least you, you know you have a level of success that most people would wish for. Uh, most people, I, I think most people, if they would envision the success that you have at the moment, or that most successful people have, they would say, if I would have that, I would not work again. What makes you get up every morning, going in your age, right? It's, it's not the same as being 25, it's not the same as being 30. Um, what makes you, what's, what's that purpose, that motivation inside of you that makes you wake up in the morning and work again and just inspire people and, and, and create this massive change that's happening, which is, well, the people that Powerful. quit work and retire, they don't even understand who they are. We're not made for work. Work's made for us. Right. What we've got to do is find out what we love, and then you have to do it, because you love it. And so age, time, space, nothing to do with it. Your mind is full of the idea. You, so you get up, you wake up, you get up. You've got to get going because you've got places to go and things to do, people to see. Because you're in love with an idea. See, when people quit, like three feet from gold, mm -hmm. 
they weren't in love with that idea. They were going after the money. It wasn't the idea that motivated them. It was the money that motivated them. And that's why they quit. See, when you're going after what you want, and that's one of the big problems with people when they set goals. They set a goal to do what they think they can do. Well, there's no inspiration in that. It's got to be what you want to do. See, wants come from the essence of who we are. We're spiritual beings. And we are a soul. We don't have a soul. We are a soul. And the soul is forever seeking its awareness of its oneness with that which is, which I call God. Well, spirit's always for expansion and fuller expression. It's never for disintegration. So there's a basic law of the universe. If you're not growing, you're dying. It's create or disintegrate. Nothing stays where it is. We live in an ocean of motion. Entropy. So it's the spirit within. Our spiritual DNA is perfect. There's perfection within every one of us. Well, it's that perfection seeking expression through us. It causes us to want. If you run, you want to run faster. If you jump, you want to jump higher. If you're selling, you want to sell more. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you want to do it better. When people understand where wants come from, that's when their life starts to change, I think. When we're kids, we go to mom or dad and we say, mom, dad, I want. And uh, we tell them something and, and, and they're busy doing something. They say, well, how are you going to do that? Well, of course, the kid doesn't got any idea. And because he can't say how he knows it, well, so he gives it up. And that's why when people grow up, when they want something, if they don't know how to do it, they let it go. They've been doing it since they were little kids. They were directed to let it go. There's no money. We don't know how to do it. We don't know the right people. So we let it go. So we don't go after what we want. Most people set goals to do what they think they can do. There's no inspiration in it. That's why 90% of them set a target and they quit. They set a target and quit. When you're going after your heart's desire, you don't quit. And then why most people don't get what they want out of life? Is it? Well, they don't know what they want. That's right. You see, I got this, and then I got Earl Nightingale's condensed narration of this on a long playing record. And I'd listen to that record over and over and over again. One day, I was in the business, in the cleaning business, I had salespeople, and I had them listen to this record. Every morning we listened to this record. And one day I said, you know, I'd love to meet him. And I didn't know who Earl Nightingale was. He was a voice on a record. That was it. I didn't even know where he lived. And a young guy that worked with me, he said, no, you wouldn't. He said, if you wanted to meet him, you'd go and meet him. I thought, damn, he's right. So I phoned, and I got an appointment with him. Now, at the time, he was the most listened to man in the history of the broadcasting industry. He was a radio broadcaster. And not an easy guy to get to, but I got to meet with him for an hour. I flew to Chicago, and I spent an hour with him. And when I was leaving, I said, Earl, what's the big deal, you know? I mean, what's it all about? He said, there's no big deal. He said, it's, it's very simple. He says, simply decide what you love to do and then dedicate your life to it. 
He's the problem with most people. They don't know what they love to do. They never take the time to sit and ask themselves. What they're doing is trying to, I think I can get earn good money here. I could do a good, you know. It's where can they earn some money? It's not what they love to do. Well, I was sitting there. You know, I had offices all over the place. I had a lot of people. I was earning a lot of money. And I, I got excited because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to do what he was doing. And I made up my mind sitting in his office. That'd be somewhere around 1965. That I was going to go back and I was going to work with him. And in 1968, I moved to Chicago. I left my own company. I moved to Chicago and I started to work with him. Why? Because I wanted to. I had to move my whole family. I had to get a green card. I had to move my whole family to Chicago from Toronto. But I got a double benefit out of it because I got to work with his partner too, Lloyd Conant. Lloyd Conant was a giant of a man. What a great guy. And uh, he and Earl both mentored me. See, any success I've had, I've had because I've got great mentors. And I'm a good student. Now, until I was 26, I was a terrible student. When I picked up this book, I become a great student. I've got thousands of books. I have an office at home in my home. It's, got a couple of thousand books in it and then I built a studio and I've got a couple of thousand books in the studio. I love reading. But the success that I've enjoyed is because of the mentors or the coaches I've had. I would do exactly what they tell me. And if I coach somebody today and they don't do exactly what I tell them, I don't coach them anymore. Just like that, it's all over. It's not ready. Well, they're not, they're, it's not that only that they're not ready, but if I'm going to coach somebody and they're not doing what I tell them, I'm wasting my time and, and theirs too. Now, if they want to waste their time, that's their prerogative. I'm not going to waste mine. That, that's powerful. And what happened after? So you went and worked work with, with Earl. After well, there, creating there your was, businesses. There was more to it than that. Um, I was living in England, and I was earning all kinds of money. But I didn't know why. I, I didn't know how it happened. I had been raised to believe, if you're going to earn a lot of money, you're going to be really smart. Well, I didn't think I was really smart. In fact, I knew I wasn't. But I was earning a lot of money. I was raised to believe, if you don't go to school, you can't get a good job. I hadn't gone to school. I didn't have a good job. I owned the whole company. So then I started to think, I wonder how many things I believe are not true. Now, I was doing very well, but I didn't know why I was doing very well. I was what you call an unconscious competent. In general, that's where most successful people are. And so I made up my mind I was going to figure out why was I winning. And then I really started to study. And that's what took me to Nate Galconan. It took me nine and a half years. And when I figured it out, all I wanted to do was teach it. And that's all I did. 
and when you do what you love, isn't it that you, there's like an infinite amount of energy? There's like, there's well, no... Well, you see, you don't get energy. All the energy there ever was or ever will be is omnipresent. It's evenly present in all places at the same time. You don't get energy, you release energy. You're just an instrument that energy flows through. Desire is the triggering mechanism that releases the energy. When you've got the desire, you've got the energy. If you haven't got any desire, you haven't got the energy. So you're just blocking it. If you're... Well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what you're doing. See, you're a channel that it flows through. Hmm. And when there's no desire... You're just a wall. That's all. Blocks everything. So powerful. So you're saying you've been reading this for the last 55, 50 years? <coughs> I'm in my 56th year. And now there's going to be a whole movie made about it. It's going to probably touch millions and millions and maybe even thousands, mm. like the whole planet because it's going to go worldwide internationally. You said that you're reading this every day. What are some other things, other rituals, other habits that you have made for yourself and that make you what you are today and keep you? Um, well, there's not that many. Um, if I want to do something, I find somebody that's already done it. And then I do exactly what they tell me. Hmm. It's a simple rule to follow. I, um, I don't read novels. I don't watch movies. Um, I'd watch documentaries or things like that where I can learn. Um, I'm only interested in studying something that can cause me to become more of what I'm capable of being. See, I think we're all hardwired to do something really special with our life. And that's all I want to do. Hmm. I'm really good at what I do. I could walk by a person in the hall and like that, I could tell them exactly what they're like. I could read their energy like a book. Everything goes on the inside, shows on the outside. See, we're, we're gifted with, with faculties of the mind that the average person knows nothing about. You have intuition, the will, reason, imagination, perception, memory. That's what separates us from all the rest of forms of life. We go through school and never learn anything about it. Like you'll hear people say they have a bad memory. There's no such thing as a bad memory. Everybody has a perfect memory. It's just weak. They've never developed it. Our imagination. Your imagination is the most magnificent. He's, Hill said, it's the most marvelous, miraculous, inconceivably powerful force the world's ever known. I can use my imagination to project myself into the future and bring the future into the present and start living there. You work from the imagination. You don't work to it. You work from it. Backwards from the result. Yeah. Oof. So you're basically saying that because what I see happening, I mean, I, I, I meet a lot of people and... I see a lot of limitations and a lot of limiting beliefs, as you may call them. And one of them is, oh, these people that are having success, they have something. They're special. They're, they have this or they have that or they had money or they had a good family or they had good environmental factors or whatever they may say. And what you're basically saying denies all of that. Like, 
how do you make those people, which is most people, get rid of those limiting things that they have? Oh, I cannot do that. You oh, can't. I have a bad memory. Or... No, they're the only one that can do it. Nobody can do it for them. Hmm. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can do it for me. You got to do it for yourself. You've got to wake up. You see, all we're ever going to get is awareness. We've already got everything. The only thing we lack is the awareness of what we've got. We're God's highest form of creation. There's nothing on the planet that will equal us. Well, that's all, we're, that's all any of us are after. Most people that are teaching don't know what they're teaching. 80% of the people that teach have never done what they're teaching. So true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's, um, there's very few people understand this. Very few. Really understand it. I've been in it. I think probably I'm in the business longer than anybody's been in the business that's still living. I think Jim Ruin come in. Wonderful guy. Almost a year ahead of me. You only met him once. Jim and I worked, we both got hired to work for a company, the same company at the same event. And so that's when we met each other. Now we knew of each other. I think we respected each other. But we're like thieves in the night. We're always traveling somewhere, going somewhere to do something. Jim knew what he was doing. Most people in this business, I don't think really know what they're doing. There's a few that do. But most don't. Like I think Jack Canfield does. I think Mark Victor does. You know, Jim certainly did. Probably like under three percent. The rest are yeah. just like just following yeah. the trend, following the what they think they should be. Yeah. Not what they really are. So let's just say I'm someone at home watching this, and I have a goal. I want to, maybe most people, maybe I don't want to make a billion dollars. I just want to make sustainable income for my family, $120,000 a year. Let me digress for a second, then I'll yes. come back to your question. You just said something interesting. I don't want a billion dollars, I just want. I have worked all over the world. I mean, all right. over Asia, China, South America, North America, Europe. And I'm always asking people, what do you really want? And I have found most people don't want to be really wealthy. What they do want is they don't want to have any financial concerns. If they want to buy a new suit, they can go and get one. If they want to take a trip, they can take the trip. If they um, want a new car, they can get the new car. They don't want to just run out and spend or buy. They don't want to have any financial concerns. Two, they want to wake up in the morning excited about how they're going to spend their day. Oof. And the third, they want to mix with people who are upbeat and uh, creatively productive. These are the three things that people really want. So in answer to your question, if somebody's watching, what's the first thing they should do? Well, the first thing they should do is understand why we have goals. Not just to set a goal, because most people don't set goals right. They, they're operating with a limited level of consciousness, so they're thinking, 
Hmm. If I could get a little more money, and if I could get him to help me and her to help me, and this happened, then I could do this. Maybe this is get a new car. What we've got to understand is we're trading our life for our goals. Literally trading our life. Would you trade your life for a car or a house? I don't think so. So it's got to be something really meaningful. And we're not taught to think this way. We should sit down and don't give any thought to where the money is going to come from, where the help's going to come from. It's what do you really want? Like Ed Hillary was a beekeeper in Auckland. That story. He wanted to climb Mount Everest. It had never been done. People died trying to do it. He went in 51 and failed. He went back in 52 and failed. In 1953, he stood on top of the mountain with Tenzing Norgay. But he didn't know how to get there until after he had got there. Edison didn't know how to illuminate the world until after he had done it. The Wright brothers were bicycle mechanics in Dayton, Ohio. No one believed you could fly. They had been trying it for years. But they saw it. But they wanted to do it. They didn't know how, and they couldn't tell you until after they had done it. Now, the first flight only lasted 12 seconds. And the naysayer said, yeah, but they only were up there for 12 seconds. They said, we not only got up there, we kept the damn thing up there for 12 seconds. So when a person sets a goal, they've got to say, what could I want? If I just let my mind rock, just wander, use my imagination, how do I really want to live? That's what they should be doing. That's where it should start. And then don't listen to anyone that tells them they can't. Go to someone who has done something and ask them, what should I do? And then do exactly what the person tells them. Simple formula. It's not very difficult. If it had been difficult, I wouldn't have figured it out. Then what's stopping people? Ignorance. Ignorance. That's, that's, that's all the problems in the world come from ignorance. That's God. the purpose of life, to overcome ignorance. Develop awareness. The only way to overcome ignorance is through knowledge. And the only way to get the knowledge is to study. Most people, they finish school, close the book, say, that's over, I'm never going to open another book as long as I live. <laughs> They're screwed, it's all over. So, <coughs> that, that's, that's powerful. That's really powerful. When I, when I think about achieving anything, I think, I mean, I think I've been fortunate enough to have a level of confidence that allows me to just, that unconscious, um, how, how you said, unconscious competence. Unconscious, well, see? Yes. Here, stop and think of any large company. I don't care, anyone. Right. You can go to the leaders of that company and you can say, who are your stars? I mean the ones that are really making it happen. And they've all got a few. Say, what are they doing that's so different? Why don't you find out what they're doing and teach it to everybody? Oh, well, everybody couldn't do it. Why are they doing it? You know something? The stars don't know why they're stars. 
And they'll say, well, they're smart. Some of them aren't very smart. Smart's got nothing to do with it. They have shifted their paradigm. They've knocked the wall down and they built an image and they followed the rules. They just didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I was earning over a million dollars a year. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I'd say I was cleaning offices. That was almost incidental. What I was doing, I was reading this every day. I was listening to the recordings every day. I was reprogramming my subconscious mind. See, you're programmed. Right. Now, I've never met you before, but well, I'll tell you something about you. You've got a shy side to you. You've got a very sensitive side to you. Not everybody knows this, but I know it. You, um, you can enjoy being by yourself. You don't have to be with people. You're sort of quiet and you go out by yourself. You um, have a very sensitive and you're emotional and you're impulsive, do this. And so when you go to do it, then there's another side to you that's a polar opposite to that. When you go to do it, the other side says, Matthew, maybe you shouldn't. So you've got a lot of do it, don't do it going on in your mind. You operate almost perfectly from the right and left hemisphere of your brain. You're almost right down the middle. In fact, you're good at all kinds of things that are totally unrelated. So you have difficulty. Now, I could keep going. I could tell you more. How do I know that? I can read your energy. I can feel it. Everything about you tells me that. I don't have to ask you if I'm right. I know I'm right. I know you're a man. I know you're a woman. You'll say, well, God, everybody knows that. No, they don't. Babies don't know. Babies don't know the difference between male and female. The baby has to develop an awareness of the difference in gender. Well, at a very early age, we put a cap on awareness, and then we say, now it's all about the intellect. And so we've got lessons in school, and you've got to remember what's in the book, and if you pass the test, you get the degree. There's all kinds of people walking out of schools with degrees. They're going crazy by degrees, and yet they can't find work. They're broke. You've got people that have a doctorate in economics, and they're broke. How could that happen? Because they don't know how to use the information they've gathered. These higher faculties we've got are like magic. In fact, that brings up something in my mind. I work, I work conventions a lot. I haven't done as right. many lately as I used to. Um, frequently at a convention, frequently, they'll hire a magician, an illusionist sometimes. And if I'm working the same convention, every now and then, the magician will want me to be part of the trick. And uh, so I see how these things are done. Well, they may have a box, and they have a pretty girl, and, and bikini or something, put her in the box, and he takes and taps the box a couple of times like that. I jump out of the box. And the people are blown away. They say, how the hell did that happen? Well, if you knew how it happened, it's so obvious. The biggest job for the, or for the magician is to know that you don't know what they're doing. They're going to remember that. When you find out what's happening, it's not magic any longer. But when you study your personality and you study life and you study your mental faculties, that's real magic. And abracadabra by itself means what you say becomes. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I just found out that, like That's interesting. last week from a magician. He said, See, like, I you know something. why I say abracadabra? 
what I say becomes. And I was like, that's right. That's very good. That's very good. So, what is abracadabra? What is it? Abracadabra, abracadabra is when they do the trick. Oh, yeah, no, but I mean, what language does it come from? Uh, it's the meaning of it. I don't know exactly, but it definitely means yeah. if you search abracadabra on Wikipedia, it says meaning. What you say becomes, which That's means your words create reality. Sure. Which is exactly what we're looking yeah. for. So, I had so many questions, but I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask any of them. I think this is so interesting, so I want to keep the flow like this. Um, I, I have a theory, and I want you to really elaborate on it. Um, most people say, "Oh, I'm depressed." Mo like there's, <laughs> there's some percentages in America. Like so many people they are probably depressed. are depressed. Yeah, and like, how can you be depressed? You, you're a human. You have the power to control your own will. How are you depressed? And what I think happens is when you cannot see a better future. I can tell you exactly what happens. I can tell you exactly what happens. What? I quoted Andrew Carnegie a few minutes ago. He said, any idea that's held in the mind, that's emphasized, that's either feared or revered, begins at once to clothe itself in the most convenient and appropriate form available. Depression comes it starts out from ignorance, doubt, and worry. I've got a chart, I show it. Doubt and worry is on the negative side of life. Understanding is on the positive side. Right. Doubt and worry comes from ignorance. Understanding comes from knowledge. But you've got to study to get it. Doubt and worry are a psychic disease. It's an intellectual exercise. They're using their intellectual factors to build a negative idea, and that's all they see. They take and internalize that, and they get emotionally involved with it. It goes from doubt and worry to fear. They've emotionalized the doubt or worry. turns into fear. The fear is in the emotional mind, and the emotion must be expressed through the only instrument that can be expressed through the physical body. So it moves the body into a state we call anxiety. Hmm. Anxiety is never expressed. Anxiety suppressed. Don't know the suppression habit. turns to depression. Mm -hmm. They ball it up inside. They suppressed the fear. It turns into depression. The depression turns into disease. The disease turns into decay. St. Clair Lewis was right. He said, we don't die, we kill ourselves. Now, what is the opposite of all that? You go from ignorance to doubt and worry to fear to anxiety, suppression, depression, disease, disintegration. Go over on the other side. You go from understanding to emotional state called faith. You just know it's going to move into form because you understand the law. Faith isn't believing something you can't see. Strange thing about faith and fear, they both demand you believe something you can't see. Why would people choose fear over faith? Because they're ignorant. So you go from understanding to faith. The faith manifests on the physical plane, not as anxiety, as well-being. The well-being is not suppressed, it's expressed. And the expression turns to acceleration. You're building energy. And that is because there's no disease, you're at ease. And that turns into creation, not disintegration. It's all, it's all a mental trip that they're building. Now they go to the doctor, the doctor gives them Valium or some kind of drug to cool them out. He gets them numb so they don't know what the hell they're doing. 
I could show anybody how to overcome depression, if they'll do it, but they gotta do it. And that's where repetition comes in. I, I heard a beautiful story um, about how we're always treating the effect and now we're not reinforcing the, the cause and what, what makes stuff yeah. happening. And there was this beautiful story about if you have <coughs> uh, a cocoon in which inside there's, there's an animal that want, wants to get out of it, right? What people do is like, oh, this thing it's hurting, it's trying to get out, give him value, basically what we're doing with humans. So if you would do that, yeah. you would not only hurt the, the living thing, but you will also stop the growing process. Yeah. So I think you probably have a better version of this, but so many people look at adversity like it's, oh, adversity, go away, repression, fear, all this stuff. When it's something good, makes you grow, makes you become someone better. Well, like he says, in every adversity has within it the key to something great. Problems are nothing but opportunities. You just gotta look at it, figure, I'm gonna figure this out, you know? They're not bad things, they're good things. See, <coughs> pardon me, we're conditioned, first of all. If you stop and think, where'd we come from? There's a little particle energy of energy from mom, a little particle of energy from dad. That's the you. moment of conception. And then an attractive force is set up. All of mom's DNA and all of dad's DNA, all their belief is locked up in those cells. All their conditioning. 280 days later, you make your debut on the planet. You're born. Then, and your subconscious mind is wide open, it's like that glass. You can put anything in there you want. The subconscious has no ability to reject. It is immoral, it is totally deductive. It can only accept, it cannot reject. So then the baby is surrounded by the people that's in that environment. If you took a baby out of Serbia, somewhere here just outside of Belgrade, sure. and you take that baby to the suburbs of Beijing, or maybe New York, that baby will grow up fluent in Chinese or English and have no knowledge of the Serbian language. And yet it was born to Serbian parents. The environment. It's what creates. It has a greater influence than genetics. However, you look like your relatives because of the genetic conditioning, and then on top of that, you've got the environmental conditioning. Well, all that conditioning is repetition in your subconscious mind. It forms something we call a paradigm. A paradigm is nothing but a mass of habits or a mass of ideas that express themselves automatically without any conscious thought. And that paradigm keeps us going. It's in our subconscious mind. We gather information in our conscious mind, but it's the subconscious that promotes, moves the body. And if we don't change that paradigm, nothing happens. That's what I did when I got into this book. It was the repetition of information that was totally foreign to me. It was totally foreign to anything I had ever heard. And as I start to listen to it on recordings, I couldn't stop listening to the record. I had never heard anybody talk like that. I thought, wow, anybody can have anything they want. What if that's true? Well, I found out it was true. That's the way we live. 
And I think, I mean, the reason I'm doing this interview in the first place is because the people that are ignorant and that they say oh, that couldn't be done or it's not possible for me or he's special or I cannot do it. Like, how can you see Bob Proctor right now on video, see where he was, what he did and where he's at right now and still not be moved by it? I think that's the power of it. You know, when I was given this book, you would never have hired me to do anything. I was losing. Right. On the 14th of this month, I'm being recognized in Carnegie Hall in New York. Congratulations. Well, it, it, but there's such a difference in the two situations. So totally different. You think, how does that happen? It's in here. You say you're putting this on YouTube or Facebook or something? If a person will watch this every day, the whole thing, not just a little bit of it, not just the little part that really got them interested, but if they got up an hour early every morning and watched this every morning, and they did that for an entire year, I guarantee you they would double their income. And I don't even care what they're earning. I could show anyone how to turn their annual income to a monthly income. I can show anyone how to become a millionaire, but they got to do exactly what I'm telling them. And people say, well, that doesn't make any sense to watch it every day. Not according to the consciousness that you're operating with, but if you're operating with my consciousness, it would make a hell of a lot of sense. I get up 5, 5.15 every morning and I study. So if a person said, I'm going to get up an hour early, that's one hour every day. That's nine 40-hour weeks in a year. So you'd be studying what we're talking about, concentrated study for nine 40-hour weeks in a year. Their life would just totally change. Just to prove that point, when I was 15, um, I, didn't, I didn't read anything to that point. And somehow I got... Um, a video of you showing subconscious mind, conscious mind, how things go in and how things work. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I started being curious. So from that point, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm going to trust the process. Let's give it a try. For one year, I woke up one hour earlier <laughs> and read, which would make no sense to me at that time because I was going to school. Like, I was, not, I was taking away from my sleep. Uh -huh. Like, and I just, I just read like I think a hundred books that year. And now I, I have my own agency. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more happier about what I'm doing and people are fascinated by it, but to me it makes no sense why you shouldn't be. So it's just like what you just said, I did. And in other words, because what I convinced in my mind was like, I may not believe in it right now, I'm just gonna trust it. You're doing something else that you probably wouldn't talk about, but I know you're doing it. When I was talking to Scott, he told me that you were really good at what you do and you were promoting Think and you weren't getting paid. I'm not. Well, you know, that's interesting. He said, if you're not willing to do more than you're being paid for, you'll never be paid for more than you're doing. Giving is one of the laws of the universe. 
You've got to willingly give and graciously receive. And if you have to think before you give, you're trading, you're not giving. That was probably one of the best investments you've ever made. First of all, you're dealing with one heck of a good crew Oof. with Scott and, and Sean. I mean, those guys, Amazing people. they're class. They are really class act. And you're gonna make connections through that that and it feels natural to buy. me. Well, that's why it is natural. That's why you're doing it. And I, I, I think w when I started the agency I have right now, I have a media digital agency. Every one of my friends that had agencies and I was connecting with like, oh, you should charge 20000 up front. And it felt so weird to me. Like, how can I charge someone without giving them something back first? It feels so weird to me for from, mm -hmm. from reason or another. And I just went and just offered my services freely. I, now I don't have to do that, but I did it for mm -hmm. this because I feel it's so powerful. And people saw like, wow, it makes sense. You're giving me this value. It makes mm -hmm. an enormous amount of sense to just give you a percentage of it. And that's how I'm able to make hundreds of times more than <laughs> the average of my country, which is even, I think it's close to Serbia, which is nothing in terms of like, mm -hmm. but that's, that's exactly powerful. But you see, well, what you just said is a good example too. Most people blame their environment. Like there's people here in Serbia. I heard it three or four times today. I was in two or three of the television stations and they were telling me about the economy here, you know. It's, How bad it there's is. There's tough times. I said, it got nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. I said, I was over in Dubai here not long ago. They're skiing in the middle of the desert. In the mall. Skiing, ice skiing. <laughs> Don't tell me that the environment. Oof. Think exactly. about it. Exactly. I, Think I just, of what we're doing today. I mean, just this, this recording, and it'll hit millions of people. You'll get millions of viewers on this, just going to go up and up and up. How's that happen? I've got a studio that I built in my backyard, and it's got uh, four cameras that I can work. Um, I can work it myself. I have uh, an IT guy in Phoenix, and he can come in and switch cameras for me. Um, I can stream all over the world from my own backyard. And I think it's so magic. I walk up and maybe walk 50 feet. And I live in Toronto, so it snows in Toronto. I had the heat, I had the, the, the sidewalk heated between the house and the studio. So it doesn't matter if it's snowing, it sounds, there's no snow. And I walk into my studio and I can go all over the world from there. How's that happen? It happens because we're aware of how to do things. So if somebody's watching this, what you've done in the past has no bearing on what you're going to do in the future unless you let it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any difference. Everything that's happened in the past has been absolutely essential to make you who you are, to prepare you to do what you're going to do. When the movie Think comes out, you not only want to watch it, you want to get your head right into it. Watch it a thousand times. Because now there's no excuse. People say, I don't want to read. Okay, here's the movie. What's your excuse now? You don't have any. Yeah. See, that's what a book is. A book is a, a book is a movie painted in words. That's what a book is. You're just going from one picture to another. So definitely, the movie's probably gonna come out three, four months from now, which is starting 2017, and it's, it's definitely for anybody watching this is like, if you cannot read a book for whatever reason, which you definitely <coughs> should, 
like that movie is like this oh, picture. Yeah. They're doing it. They're doing a, a real top job on it. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I'm, I'm Scott's really a yeah. Phenomenal director. The yeah. whole crew is just the energy there is yeah. so incredible. Yeah. It it's impossible. I for loved something working like. on that with them. Jeez, I just loved it. Yes, yeah. that's the reason I'm in it too. It's yeah. it's so fascinating to me to see that energy coming together. Like that's gonna be huge. Yeah. And it can impact so many people. So I'm really excited about that. Um, last few questions. Um, <coughs> this is like kind of the three questions I have for everyone I'm interviewing. Mm -hmm. And um, it may apply to you, may not, but let's just ask them. If you were right now to be standing in front of your 20-year-old self, mm -hmm. let's just say I'm you, 20 years old, and you're now you right now with the mind you have, what would you say to yourself in a few sentences, so you don't have an hour, you just have like two, three minutes. What would you say to yourself? What would you, what's the piece With of advice? With what I know now? Yes. I would get into network marketing. Hmm. I've never been in it, but I do a lot of work around it. I think it's one of the most phenomenal areas for a young person to get in and build a great organization. They don't have to have any money but they've really got to apply themselves. They say only two or 3% win in network marketing. Well, that's true in every industry. But there's the opportunity to build a great organization with no money. And you can help a lot of people. And that will, that will make that's you That's what it's all else. about. Like you're helping millions of people with this. Our company made a commitment. We're building schools in Africa. We build a new school every week and a half. Our company does. Um, our goal is to build one every week and then every every day we're just we're at a week and a half right now and like you're doing that like so many That's, amazing people yeah. are, are just doing the same things yeah. and it, it makes no sense to the ordinary person like why would you give your money to build schools for people when Tony Robbins is feeding 30 million people when you are building schools every week when you see if I were 20 again and know what I know now I would get into something where I could grow, where I could serve other people and earn profit doing it. Hmm. You've got to earn money. Profit is the first order of business. If you're not earning profit, you're on your way out of business. But that's not the purpose of any human organization. The purpose of all human organizations is to make life more meaningful. So you've got to earn a profit to keep the company growing. But the purpose is to make life more meaningful. If we take all the people out of this building, you don't have a hotel any longer. You've yeah, just got a building full of stuff. The hotel is the people, the employees. That's what I would do. Powerful, okay. Um, this one is, I, I, got, I always get fascinating answers on. Um, do you have any regrets for your life? No, absolutely not. I'll tell you, I probably would have said yes 15, 20 years ago. Then what happened? I was watching Johnny Carson's show, hmm. The Late Show, and Johnny Carson wasn't there. George Carlin, the comedian, was sitting in for him. And they're both dead now. 
Vincent Price, a movie actor, was a guest. He's gone too. But Vincent Price had just shot a pilot. And of course, they told the public on television it's a new series. Well, it wasn't a new series at all. They were hoping it would turn into a new series. They shot a pilot, and if they got good ratings, then they'd shoot a dozen more of them. Right. And so after they went through the small talk, Carlin says to him, well, tell me, Vince, Vincent, tell me about our new, your new series. And Vince says, oh, I think everybody's going to love it. He said, it's about a train, and it's like a magic train. You can buy a ticket to go back in your life. Hmm. I would pay for that. Any point you want to start over. And he said, when you get there, I'm the conductor on the train. I stop the train, and I let you off. And he said, I think everybody would like to go back and start over at some point. Don't you think so? I thought, yeah, I could think of a couple of things where I could have started over. And George Carlin said, no, I don't think so. He said, if I went back and changed anything that had happened in my life, I wouldn't be me. And I like me. I thought, God, what a perfect answer. No regrets. Everything that happened was necessary to make me who I am, to prepare me to do what I'm going to do. And you see, the crazy part about it, none of us know what we're going to do. We think we know. Right. We got a track, but things happen. Because people have regrets. I mean, if you want to go to a nursing home and just feel that for a, half, for a minute, if you look into their eyes, you can see there's regret. Well, most people do, but most people don't do anything. You see, I often say... How do you do something? Well, there's where the goals come in. That's where the purpose for life comes in. You've got to have a main purpose. You've got to have a purpose for life. And you've got to have meaningful goals. They've got to be meaningful. You're trading your life for it. Hmm. Like I often say in a seminar, I want you to imagine you're at the end of the road. And you know you're at the end of the road. Your body's so weak, they've got you tied in a wheelchair. Or they've got you in a crib bed. So you don't fall out kill yourself. Right. Just imagine, all you can do is relive your life. I want you to imagine you're there and you go back and think, God, I wonder if we had a move there, what would have happened? If we had started that company, remember we're going to sell the house and start that company. If we had done this, I wonder what would have happened. And then, God, if I could only do it over again. I said, wouldn't that be terrible? Spend the last days of your life like that? Wouldn't it be better if you look back and say, wow, what a trip. God, I remember we did that. Remember, we blew our brains out on that. We lost everything we had. But you know, when you lose it big enough, it can be accelerating. And then we did this. And what you're doing is laying there, and you're reliving your whole life. And that's the goal. Got to have the goal. With that being said, if there's something you can do right now is get the book, stay updated. When the movie goes up and it goes live, watch it. I like, there's a saying on all of your seminars on the tickets, uh, if you have to borrow money for this, do it. It may be the last oh, time yeah. you're doing it. Listen, wow. when, I, when I read this, I owed everybody I knew money. 
But the guy that told me, he said, don't clean officer for somebody else, do them for yourself. And he told me where I could buy a used floor machine and some buckets and mops. It was gonna cost $980. I mean, I didn't know anyone would lend me money because I never paid them back. Not that I didn't want to, I just never had any money. Well, I searched and searched and searched and I found a guy that lent me $1,000. So when somebody tells me they can't borrow money, I know that they haven't tried. I think anybody can borrow $1,000 somewhere. And that's what I did. And I turned it into a multi-million dollar organization. I sat down one day with my pen in this business. I said, I'm gonna build a company that operates all over the world. We operate all over the world. So if you have to borrow money, borrow the money. But get into the business. Actually do it. And anybody wants my book, you can get the Born Rich book, you can go, we give it away. If you go on our site, go to bobproctor.com or proctorgallagher.com. Um, download some of the stuff. We give a lot of good stuff away. Yeah. And, and start listening to it. Watch this recording. Watch it a thousand times. Be the best time, best hour you ever spent. Because what I'm going to do, I'm going to reprogram your mind just through listening to me saying the same thing over and over again. You're going to think, wow, wow. You know? So powerful. Matthew, have you enjoyed this? This has been good. I love it too. Um, let's finish with something. Let's give people three things to do. Read the book, do this, do that. What would you say right now? Because I'll tell you exactly what to do. Let's hear those. Sandy Gallagher is my business partner. Love her. She is really good. She was going through a very tough time personally a number of years ago. We were in Phoenix. We were doing a seminar. I had to leave, catch a plane somewhere. And she said, before you leave, could we get together maybe for a cup of coffee? Could you... Um, I want to talk to you. And I said, sure. So we went across the road to a coffee shop. And we we're sitting there. And she said, could you give me two or three ideas that I could do every day that would help me through this? And I said, sure. I didn't know what I was going to tell her, but I knew I would tell her something. So I said, every day, I want you to take a pen and write down, every morning, write down 10 things you're grateful for. Ten th but you've really got to be grateful. You've got to feel it. You're really grateful. Then I want you to send love to three people that are bothering you. If they're bothering you, you don't like them. They've got nothing to do with it. You're thinking bad thoughts about them. You're putting yourself in a bad vibration. Send love to three people that bother you. And then take five minutes and be quiet. Just be perfectly quiet and ask for guidance for the day. Everybody in our company does that every day. She started to do it like that. Everything changed. In fact, my assistant, Gina, who's been with me over 30 years, she was working in Phoenix, and I phoned Gina, and I told her what I wanted. Within an hour, she had a pad printed at Kinko's and had it, the 10 things, one down to 10, you know. 
send love to three people who don't bother you, be quiet for five minutes. Sandy was going to Hawaii with her sister and her mother the next day. She got pads made for both of them. And every morning they started to do that. It changed every one of their lives. We give that out now in a lot of our seminars and we train the audience to do it. Start every morning, write 10 things that you're grateful for. Send love to three people who bother you. Be quiet for five minutes and ask for guidance for the day. It's a winning formula. Thank you so much. Bob, it's been an incredible experience. My pleasure. Thank you so much for taking I your time. I want to congratulate your crew. You've got a good crew here. Amazing crew, amazing people. And for the people that are watching this, just take that advice. Just trust it. Just trust the process. Give it a year. Give it three months. Give it six months. And then see what happens. This has been Matthew. Pleasure to have Bob Proctor. Just yes. before, I want you to come here a little closer. Come here. I want you, I want you to take one of these things in your hand right now. And I want you to write down what you really want. Doesn't matter how you're going to get it. Write down what you really want. You'll be glad you did. Thank you so much. Let's Thank get you. a round of applause. I feel this.